Lecture topic. Aspiring for the great quality of Ithar. وَكَفَى وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَىٰ عِبَادِهِ الَّذِينَ اصْطَفَىٰ أَمَّا بَعْضُ فَاعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ وَالَّذِينَ تَبَوَّأُوا الدَّارَ وَالْإِيمَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصَةٌ أَمَنْ يُوقَ شُحَّ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ صدق الله العظيم Most respected of my kiram, brothers and elders Allah Ta'ala has made success dependent on the purification of the self qad aflaha man zakkaha the person who has purified himself he will succeed and waqad khaba man dassaha the one who destroys his soul then he is at a total loss he who did not purify himself did not purify his nafs purify his soul then he is in a complete loss loss of dunya also and the greater loss is the loss of akhirat so the success is suspended on purification of oneself tazkiya and this tazkiya refers to cleansing ourselves of all the lowly and base qualities and inculcating all the noble and good qualities in our hearts and our lives among the very very important aspects and qualities that need to be acquired by means of this tazkiya is the quality of ithar ithar simply translated is to give preference to others over oneself but in the terminology of deen there's a further aspect in it one is to give preference over others over oneself to others over oneself could be for any reason sometimes it could be for dunya also that i rather give preference to this person now i'll get something more in dunya later but ithar in terms of what has been commanded in the quran sharif what is in the hadith sharif it refers to giving preference to others over oneself in matters of dunya or in whatever else in this day life of dunya for that which is in the treasures of allah tabaarak wa taala for the bounties of akhirat for the pleasure of allah taala for the pleasure of allah taala he is prepared to give somebody else preference over himself this is an extremely great quality it is a quality which allah taala has highlighted in the quran sharif with regards to the ansar in the ayat of the quran sharif that was recited allah taala highlights the personalities of the ansar and their beautiful quality that they had in them allah taala says wal ladina tabawwa'u ad-dara wal imana min qablihim many qualities that they possessed numerous qualities but some that are highlighted here 
Allah Ta'ala says regarding the Ansar, the Ansar, when Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made Hijrat and came to Madinah Munawwara, it was on the invitation of the Ansar. The lengthy history behind it. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam accepted their invitation and made Hijrat and migrated to Madinah Munawwara. And then the Muhajireen came along, the Sahaba Ikram who were in Makkah Mukarramah, they came along. Many came after, some came even before. So when they came, they were welcomed with open arms. And it was not just something surface. It was completely from the heart that they were welcomed by the Ansar. And they were taken into their homes and into their hearts. So Allah Ta'ala says, regarding the Ansar, وَالَّذِينَ تَبَوَّ أُدَّارَ وَالْإِيمَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ That those who had established themselves in Madina Munawwara, and they had also established themselves in Iman, min qablihim, before the Muhajirin came to them. Long before the Muhajirin came, they were already there, they were there from long before, and then with the effort of some Sahaba who had come before Nabi Wasallam made Hijrat, many of them had already come into Islam, and they were established in Iman. This is being highlighted. وَالَّذِينَ تَبَوَّ أُدَّارَ وَالْإِيمَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ And thereafter Allah mentions many of their qualities, but this is preceded. Precedes the whole discussion. That the strength of Iman is what brings alive these qualities. How firm a person is in Iman, how deep is his Yaqeen, that's how easy it will be for him to inculcate these qualities. And how much his Iman is just on a surface level, his Yaqeen is weak, it will be very difficult. The strength of Iman will dictate what level of Isar, what is Isar all about, we just discussed a little bit of it, but we'll understand in the light of some incidents of the Sahaba Ikram, that this depends on the level of Iman and the extent of Yaqeen in a person's life. So Allah Ta'ala highlights this first about the Ansar, that they established themselves in Iman as well. And then what was their quality? يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ حَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ The Muhajireen that came to them, they loved them. They loved them sincerely. For the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. That these are our Muslim brothers. They have been forced out of their homes. They haven't come because it was an, just a matter of choice. They wanted to come. But Nabi Islam himself was forced to leave Makkah Mukarramah. And alongside the Muhajirin were forced to leave. And they accompanied Nabi Karim Sallallahu In any case, Hijrat had then become Farz. Allah says, يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ They love those who made hijrat and came to them. <coughs> and وَلَا يَدِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا And the Muhajireen came empty-handed. They had nothing. They left everything behind on the command of Allah Ta'ala and made hijrat and came to Madinah Munawwara. So whatever little Nabi Kareem Wasallam would receive from time to time, he would give the Muhajireen. They had no reservations in their heart about what was being given to the Muhajireen. That we was our share. No, no, no. Rather, when there was now a situation when Nabi Islam presented to them on one occasion, 
when the Banu Nazir were conquered and expelled from Madinah Munawwara, the lengthy incident, the Jews that had now been ongoing with their treachery and breaking the agreements and eventually the plans that they made to Nauzubillah assassinate Nabi Kareem sallallahu all that was now uncovered and eventually they were subdued and expelled from Madinah Munawwara. So now a lot of their wealth came in the hands of the Muslims. So Nabi Kareem called the Ansar and he addressed them and he praised them for all their khidmat and service that they rendered to the Muhajireen. And then he said to them that look, currently you are taking care of the Muhajireen, you have given them space in your homes, you are taking care of their expenses, you have taken care of them in every way. Now that this wealth has come into the hands of the Muslims, there are two options. One option is that I distribute this among everybody, the Muhajireen and the Ansar. But then they will continue living with you, they will still be in your homes because this will not be sufficient for them to now become independent. And the other option is that I distribute this entire amount, all this wealth to the Muhajireen alone. But then they will now move on and establish themselves, they will be independent, you would not have to bear their expenses anymore. So now what is, the op- these are the two options, what do you suggest we do? So Ansar replied and said, our suggestion is this, that all this wealth be distributed among the Muhajireen and they continue living with us and we will continue seeing to their needs. Give everything to them. This is what we want. Hazrat Saad bin Mu'az and Saad bin Ubada, who were the leaders, they presented this. But they were the leaders. What about whether this is the same sentiment that their people have or not? But all those who were seated there behind them, they all then affirmed this. This is what we want. Allah Ta'ala is highlighting this. يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا وَيُؤْسِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَسَاسًا Then Allah Ta'ala says further What is the special quality about these people? They have this quality of Isar Isar is a very broad concept They are different dimensions of Isar one is the Isar in terms of a person's taluk with Allah Ta'ala that he gives preference to Allah Ta'ala's command over everything he gives preference to the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala over what his own heart desires his nafs desires he will not give preference to his desire over the command of Allah Ta'ala sometimes there might be some tug of war within him, but he always gives preference to the command of Allah Ta'ala, to the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, above him, his own self and whatever he wishes. And this will display itself in two ways. When this isar in reality has come into his life, into his heart, then this will display itself in two ways. The one direction in which it will become apparent, which becomes a very clear sign that this ithar in this regard has come into this person 
that he will always fulfill Allah Ta'ala's command even if he finds it difficult for some reason or the other. He will not compromise the command of Allah Ta'ala. Allah's command that is always above everything. And if either due to some weakness or the other, due to whatever issue, due to just the mischief of nafs and shaitan, he's finding something to become a challenge for whatever reason, he's finding some laziness, some laziness in waking up for fajr maybe, in the early parts of the summer morning, or in the cold winter morning, and now he's finding it a little difficult, but he says, no, no, Allah Ta'ala's command, I must wake up for salah, and Allah's mazin has called, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala al-falah, I must be in the house of Allah Ta'ala. So now, out of whatever reason, he's feeling that little challenge within himself, some little difficulty, feeling lazy, but he suppresses all that due to this isar that is in him. That come what may, Allah's command above everything. I have to fulfill Allah Ta'ala's command. There's now some business demand which is coming in the way of salah, coming in the way of some other command of Allah Ta'ala. All that aside, first is the command of Allah Ta'ala. So this is isar in one way in which it will make itself apparent. And the other dimension is that he will never ever give preference to something that Allah has forbidden because his nafs desires it. One is in fulfilling Allah's command and the other is what Allah has forbidden. He won't give in to that. He'll give preference and make isar of the command of Allah Ta'ala. Because this he will always be that I can't jeopardize this taluk with Allah Ta'ala, this connection with Allah Ta'ala, that has to be above everything. And if I'm going to give in to this dictates of my nafs, I'm going to look at this haram, I'm going to be involving myself in this ghibad, I'm going to be going to this haram place, I'm going to be going into these kind of environments that are going to be attacking my iman, that's going to be harming my deen, the free intermingling that's carrying on in this place, in this function. I'm going to put myself in that place, that music might be in my, blaring in my ears, and all the other fitnas that are now in that gathering, all this is going to affect my iman, it's going to become a barrier between me and Allah Ta'ala, I can't take a chance. He'll make isar and he'll give preference to the command of Allah Ta'ala. So there will be, dunya is dunya, lot of temptations, lot of tests, lot of things will come in front of him. But if that isar has come in, then he will always be giving preference to the command of Allah Ta'ala, in fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala. Even if he is finding some resistance from within, he'll make the mujahada and suppress that feeling. But do what is right. And likewise, he will give up what is wrong, even though he might find some challenge in that. He might find some resistance maybe from outside, from people around him. Somebody might make some comments against him. Somebody might pass some remarks. Somebody might mock him and jeer him also. But he will give preference to what Allah Ta'ala has commanded. And if Allah forbade something, that is out. Then somebody will say what they want to say. وَلَا يَخَافُونَ فِي اللَّهِ لَوْمَةَ لَائِمْ that will become his condition that in the command, fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala, he won't fear the rebuke of anybody. He's insan, he'll make sabr on it and he'll carry on. So this is the one dimension of Ithar. Ithar in terms 
of our relationship with Allah Ta'ala. And then the other dimension of Isar is with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. The creation of Allah Ta'ala. So regarding the Isar, one is the Sahaba Ikram, that they took the Muhajirin in wholeheartedly, all this was for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And together with that Allah Ta'ala says regarding them, وَيُؤْسِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ The very word Isar, وَيُؤْسِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَسَاسًا Even though they may be starving, they may be in poverty, but they will give preference and they give preference to others over themselves. Now, there are many well-known incidents in the Fazail Kitab, in the Talim, Halqawi, hear about often, we should be hearing about it. The incident about the Sahabi comes in the battlefield and then somebody, is, his cousin is now about in his last moments but he's very thirsty and he wants to give him some water but he hears the next person and he says no no you give him the water and he gets to that person he hears a third person groaning he says no give him the water and that's all by signs because it's not even possible to talk at that moment and he goes to the third person by the time the third person passed away he comes to the second person he passed away comes to the first person he passed away they gave their lives but they gave first preference to others over themselves. وَيُؤْسِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ The incident of the goat heads, well-known incidents, we read it and hear about it over and over again. Each one sending it to the next person went round seven places, came back to where it started off. Each one thinking, my neighbor is more deserving of this, more in need of it than me. That person is more in need of it. And each one sent it to somebody else until it came back to where it started off. Now where this came from? It came from this quality of Ithar. Person, there wasn't self-centered feelings in people. It was the feeling of others first and then ourselves. And this had reached a very high peak. The ulama write that there are three categories in this regard. One is obviously completely out. That category of people, Allah Ta'ala save us from being anywhere close to this, who try to harm the next person. What the next person has, they try to take it away from him also. Some way or the other, some deception, some corruption, in some devious way and method, try to take something extra which is not due, try to harm the person, and if they can't take something, they're looking at it with an evil eye. If they can't take it, then they're wishing it gets destroyed because if I can't have it, he shouldn't have it. So now all these serious maladies of the heart, hasad, jealousy, which burns up a person's good deeds, destroys all his amal, then the malice, which Nabi Karim has warned so severely against it, all this sits in the heart now, he is wishing ill for others. And then the evils of now taking things that don't belong to one, one is not entitled to, in some devious way, some corruption, some deviation, deception, all this comes as a result of that tazkiyah lacking. The concept of tazkiyah goes away also. Isn't even the consciousness that there is some effort to be made. 
person feels I'm very well, everything is fine, I'm performing my five times, Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah. Performing the five times Salah is essential, that's fundamental. But Deen doesn't finish off on that. Tazkiyah is required even in the performance of the five times Salah. Because Allah forbid that too, Riyah will come in. Riyah will come and destroy that five times Salah as well. Person will be coming for Salah. That's very good, mashallah. It's excellent, necessary, fundamental. But then he will be not just looking down upon the fact that somebody missed his salah, he'll be looking down on the person. One Shaykh Sadi Rahmatullah says that I spend the night in ibadat with my father. And then in the morning, meaning closer to Fajr time, as we finished off, so I saw a lot of people all just sleeping the whole night they were sleeping. So I passed a comment. I passed a comment, look at these people the whole night now, even the last part of the night they're not waking up. They're not making any tahajjud, any qiyamul layl. So he said, my father said to me, that, look, if you slept the whole night and didn't make any ibadat, it was better for you than having made ibadat the whole night and now look down upon these people. This what you did now washed away your whole night's ibadat. And this what you did now, this is takabbur, this is pride, because you're looking down upon others. That nafil ibadat, that will bring reward, but this is far dangerous. This will harm everything. So, now the person, mashallah, is performing his five daily salah, but the tazkiyah is missing. Now the tahqeer is coming in the heart. He's looking down upon people. He's having all kinds of thoughts which are not in place, not in order. So in any case, this is one category where people are on a negative note. So that is completely out. Then there's another, another category, that the person, what he loves for himself, he loves for others. Whether he can share it or not, but that's his heart. So in other words, and this is the dictates of Iman. لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ That a person, he's got no Iman. The Muhaddithin explained to us, it means Iman is very deficient. That until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself. If he didn't share it also, but his heart is that I wish he also had it. He's not wishing negative for him. I wish he also had an easy life. I wish he also had that peace, that tranquility. I wish he also had whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with and more also. He's wishing well for the next. There's so many different explanations in this but just to quickly pass through it. But this, what he's wishing for himself, what he's happy for himself, he's happy for his fellow Muslim also. So that is still just the base level. That is a dictate of Iman. But then is the level of Ithar on top of that. That a person prefers others over himself. Now this is according to a person's capacity. One is the very important thing that he gives preference to others but without harming his deen. Because if he is giving preference to others in a way that he is harming his deen, he is compromising his deen, then he's actually giving preference to shaitan. But he's not realizing what he's doing. Because what he's doing now, he's harming his deen to give preference for somebody's dunya. That is not what Allah Ta'ala wants from us. He can't compromise Allah's commands and Allah's deen for the sake of helping somebody for Allah Ta'ala. So that is fundamentally important.
without harming his deen. And then to the capacity that he can manage. Now he tries to jump higher than his capacity, he might fall so hard which he can't manage. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa asked for contributions for Tabuk, he swept everything and brought it. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa wholeheartedly accepted it and gave him dua. And one sahabi on another occasion presented one ring and he said, this is the only thing I own. I want to give it in sadaqah. Nabi sallallahu did not accept it. Some people will give everything and then they'll go begging. Everybody's capacity is not the same. But there are things and ways where we can all practice in some, to some level in our lives, we can build up this quality of ithar. Now, outwardly it might just seem like giving preference to somebody over maybe some food and drink maybe, some wealth maybe. No, it goes a far way beyond that. It is the condition of the heart. If a person's heart has become conditioned with this condition of ithar, preferring others over himself. Now will that heart have hasad in it? That heart is full of wishing for everybody else to prefer them over himself. Who is going to have hasad for others? And wishing their downfall and hoping that their ni'mats are taken away and destroyed and something happens. He is wishing more for them. What he has, he is wishing he could share it more and give them also. So where is the hasad going to come in his heart then? If his heart is conditioned with ithar, where is going to harbor malice? And like this, so many other things that dictate of iman, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسي If he's got ithar, this automatically is in his heart. Ithar is on another level. This automatically will be in his heart, deep down. So it's not just a matter of that he gave preference to somebody in some matter or the other. It's a condition of the heart. And this condition of the heart comes at the core of so many Imani values. And it's a fundamental need in order to cleanse our hearts out of so many evils. So now to condition the heart in this. And this comes as mentioned right at the beginning to the extent that Iman has been strengthened, developed, that Yaqeen has been strengthened, to the extent that the virtues of Ithar, this is in the heart and mind, the person is conscious of it, what Allah Ta'ala will reward, what great blessings will come, then this becomes a natural situation. There are so many incidents of Ithar in the life of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Sahaba Kiram, the pious predecessors, we cannot even fathom the extent of Ithar that they made, but just to touch on one or two incidents Time is already running out, but just one or two incidents, just to get an idea that how people understood Ithar and how they practiced this very, very great quality. Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, it was in her room that Nabi Kareem sallallahu passed away. And since he passed away in her room, it was his instruction, he had mentioned prior to his passing away from dunya that a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala passes away on that piece of earth where he likes to be buried, where he wants to be buried. So this was the indication that this is where I want to be buried. So in any case that is what was done. 
النبي الكريم صلى الله عليه وسلم مبارك روضه از ذير ذن صديق اكبر رضي الله تعالى عنه passed away so he was buried alongside so first was the cover of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam so that was the husband and then the cover of siddiq akbar radhiyallahu ta'ala an that was the father of sayyida aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha and then 10 years later came the martyrdom of sayyidina umar ibn khattab radhiyallahu ta'ala an very very heart rending incident that happened in the annals of history many people are familiar with the 10th of muharram because of an incident that happened and indeed another very heart rending incident the shahada of sayyidina hussein radhiyallahu ta'ala is very well known and many times people confuse it and think that the virtue of the 10th of muharram is because of his martyrdom rather it is the other way around that mashallah allah blessed him with shahadat but that shahadat was further enhanced because it happened on the 10th of muharram like somebody got shahadat and it was a day of jumuah and that too in the month of ramadan say mashallah this is bonus upon bonus so the virtues of ashura or long before hazrat hussein radhiyallahu was martyred but in any case that happened on the 10th of muharram on the 1st of muharram sayyid umar ibn khattab radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu passed away and he too was martyred in a very very gruesome manner while performing the fajr salah on the musalla of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam in masjidun nabawi and he was stabbed by this majusi fire worshipper who concealed himself and came into the masjid and umar ibn khattab succumbed to these wounds many details in the incident but this really shook everybody but now he was still now it became obvious he's not going to survive he called his son hazrat ibn umar radhiyallahu ta'ala an and he said you go to aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha you knock make salam and then you say umar ibn khattab is asking for permission umar ibn khattab is asking for permission that he be buried alongside nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam and abu bakr siddiq radhiyallahu ta'ala now there was only place for one more qabr in that room no other place and now he sent now it's a matter of time now before he's going to succumb to these wounds so he sent ibn umar radhiyallahu ta'ala ibn umar now comes and when he gets there he hears see the aisha crying everybody was broken and he never the less makes salam and then he presents this request now can we imagine that piece of earth that piece of earth alongside nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam and abu bakr siddiq radhiyallahu ta'ala what is the value of that piece of earth many people buy plots for getting buried in some graveyard or the other this is priceless this the whole world can't pay its price there's no price tag that can be put to it and this belong the right belong to sayyida aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha because this was her room when ibn umar radhiyallahu anhu comes and he presents this she says in reply that this spot i had wanted for myself i wanted to be buried here that when i pass away the wasiyat would be please bury me here but falau sirannahu ala ala nafsi alyawm but today i will give preference to him over my own wish i wanted to be buried here but doesn't matter 
today I will give preference to his request by all means permission granted. Now this on the one side if somebody says please can you give me everything you own, you own the whole of Durban, okay a little bit more than that maybe the whole of KZN, maybe you own the whole of South Africa, says give me the whole of South Africa, if he's okay take it. So we'll say subhanallah this person gave the whole of South Africa, forget the whole of South Africa, he will give the whole world also. That doesn't compare one fraction to this ethar that Sayyidah Aisha now made in this situation. That she opted to nevertheless be buried with the Azwajah Mutahharat who had already passed away in uh, Jannatul Baqi but she gave preference to Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab upon his requests. This is one example out of numerous examples which is not possible if it is not for that yaqeen in the heart that if somebody makes isar for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala that doesn't go in vain. That comes in various ways, the barakat of that comes in dunya already. And what is in store in the akhirat is beyond imagination. The, there's an incident mentioned that there was once some, something happened, one masjid was burnt down. So now people started speculating now who was responsible for this. Now whether it was done deliberately, whether it happened by chance, by mistake, something happened. Nobody knew for sure, but people started speculating now. Now there are many Christians living in that area as well. So because nobody could really find out what happened, so people's minds run, and this is unfortunately a thing that happens from time to time. People just run into speculation, and then what not happens as a result of it. So now they speculated, is the Christians in the area that were responsible for this? Whereas there was no proof for it. So now in retaliation, they went and burned down a few churches. So the king of the time was a Muslim king. He realized that there's no proof for what was done. So the retaliation was also not in order. He was a just person in some sense. So he had all these people arrested who were responsible for burning down those churches. Now in any case, the time issue came now to punish them. Because what they did was wrong. Because they had no right to go and do this. So in any case, whatever came in his mind, Allah knows. But he decided, we need to set a lesson. But now we don't want to execute everybody. Perhaps some people died in the process, nobody knew who was responsible. So he brought now 10 people, for example, were involved and arrested. All found guilty now. So on pieces of paper, some punishment was written. Different punishments. In one piece of paper, execute. One piece of paper, lashes, 100 lashes maybe. One piece of paper, 50 lashes. One piece of paper, okay, set him free for example, whatever. So all different punishments written on those pieces of paper and at random listed out to those 10 people. Whatever came in his hand, few people came execute, few people came lashes, few people came something. So now they're all standing in a line and they were dished out their papers, their little sheets. So now one person looked at it. And he started crying. So now there was another young person next to him. So he turned to him and he said, Are you afraid to die? Because he realized now, he's crying now, so he's got the word execute written there. So now when the person, he has to present the paper, whoever is going to now be responsible for carrying out the punishment, so he execute, this person will go to the gallows. 
So he said, look, there's nothing to fear about dying. One, or, one day everybody has to die. Sooner or later everybody has to go. But I have an elderly mother and I'm the only child. There is nobody else to take care of her. So now this has just stirred in my heart that now I'm going to be executed. But then there's no arrangements that I can make now for, the care, for somebody to care for my mother. So now when this young person heard it, so he told him, look, quietly, you give me your piece of paper and take mine. So he says, but you realize what's written in mine? Now they're talking probably quietly to the spring. He says, you realize what's written on my piece of paper? You ready to get executed? So he said, look, I don't have anybody that is so to say outwardly dependent on me. My parents have passed away. I don't have any family to really be concerned that somebody is going to be left in the lurch now if I'm suddenly just gone out of the picture. Allah cares for everyone. In terms of asbab, so you have somebody to care for. I don't have that issue. So you give me your paper quietly and you just take mine. So in any case, when the chance came, they swapped their papers. And on this youngster's paper was written 50 lashes. So 50 lashes he gave away to the other person and took his paper of execute and he got executed. And this person survived. And when he was now passing away, he gave the message. This is how I got saved on that day with 50 lashes because that person gave his life to save me. Now what level of ithar was in that person's heart? That on the spot, he was ready to make that call, make that decision, and he was ready to give his life for somebody else. Now again, as mentioned earlier, these things seem like it's just now confined to maybe giving somebody preference over some food and drink, maybe far higher than that, giving one's life for somebody else. But while all this is indeed very high, but this Isar plays out in all these other day-to-day things as well. As we just mentioned, it cleans the heart out of this hasad, the heart of malice. Because now he's always wishing well for others, not just wishing well. He's ready to give them preference over himself. When this Isar is missing, how often this happens? person must have the last say. Whether it's in the home, whether it's wherever. The last say I must have. Whether I am right or wrong also doesn't matter. If a person has his isar, he said something once, somebody else said something, so what now let it be. Why must I have the last say? But if this is empty, there is no isar in the heart, then he can't allow somebody else to be above him in any way. He must always be above. He must always be on top. All this comes back to the aspect of that tazkiyah. When the tazkiyah is made, it doesn't matter now. He is ready to put others in front. Ready to give others that position. Ready to give others the preference in whatever it might be. And in all these day-to-day things also, this isar then plays out. And this then becomes a barrier from so many maladies of the heart. It protects him from getting caught up in so many of these sins and vices and evils. 
So this is also a very very important quality that Allah Ta'ala speaks about in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, the Isar. And this comes with the strength of Iman, strengthening the Yaqeen, reading about the lives of those who had Isar in them, reading about their incidents, what kind of life they led, how they were ready to sacrifice themselves for others, sacrifice their needs for others, and the books are filled with the incidents of the pious in this regard. Which is read before the Isha Salah. That too is filled with so many incidents of this Isar. This is something we need to keep reminding ourselves of. It will help us at every step. It will become a means of saving us from so many futile quarrels and disputes. Just because a person has learned to make Isar, he gets past many many trivial things. Only something of significance, something that really there's some real issue involved, there's some big sums of money involved, that she's right, somebody has taken it, obviously he'll go ahead and claim it if he wants to claim it, he's entitled to do that. But sometimes there's nothing to really claim, but it's just that the ego got trampled. The ego, somebody now stood on my ego, but now Isar is missing, then that's far-fetched that I'm going to be able to pass that, let it pass now, doesn't matter. If Isar is there, that won't even feature, because Isar is way ahead. That person wants to be up, Bismillah. Somebody else wants the front seat, Bismillah, no problem. Because the heart is filled with just somebody else, whoever is at, in front. In the four walls of the home, that Isar will take care of numerous issues. In a business situation, He'll take care of so many issues and quarrels and disputes. As mentioned that there are times when things need to be followed up, person's rights have been taken, he will take care of it, he will claim what is rightly due to him, etc. But in so many things that Isar will come handy to a person to be able to get past so many issues in life and he'll live so much lighter, he'll live so much happier and not just lighter and happier, this will pave his way towards Jannat, inshallah. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Allah ta'ala bless us with all the beautiful and noble qualities of Iman and bless us with this Isar as well. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for two, three minutes in dua, inshallah. بما هو أهدو 
ഹിമിറബനാസനാഹമന ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين يا الله أموس مصف الموس gracious most kind most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله يا الله forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله شوى يا رحمة أمتي الله شوى يا مغفرة أمتي الله اللهم اغفر لأمتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدي أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم أصلح أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم إله العالمين يا الله ميك us your true and obedient servants يا الله يا الله ميك our complete Islam تسكيا ودعافية يا الله إله العالمين full our hearts with all the noble qualities يا الله يا الله bless our hearts with the strength of Iman يا الله with true yaqeen يا الله with deep tawakkul يا الله يا الله bless us with all the beautiful and noble qualities يا الله يا الله remove the pride, the jealousy, the malice the love of the ego ya allah the miserliness ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah grant us the reality of ithar ya allah grant us the reality of all the noble qualities ya allah full of hearts with tawazu and humility ya allah ilahul alamin remove the pride and arrogance from us ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah full of hearts with generosity ya allah with compassion and kindness ya allah with forgiveness ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah all those who are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamira daima Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, those in financial difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barkat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Filled with barkat, Ya Allah. 
save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah. Wherever the Muslims and any suffering and hardship, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, remove it with Asiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant every mu'min, Ya Allah, the firmness of Iman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save each one of us, Ya Allah, from everything that you have forbidden, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us and the entire ummah, the tawfiq of all those a'mal, Ya Allah, that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire ummah from such a'mal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you guide us, Ya Allah. You guide us to the straight path at all times, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Keep us on sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Take us on perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Raise us on the day of Qiyamah with perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Tell all those in any kind of difficulty and hardship, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us, Ya Allah, whatever we have asked for, Ya Allah. But we should have been asking for, Ya Allah, without asking, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, all who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayas needs, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the ummah of Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us all that we ask for, Ya Allah. But we should have been asking for, Ya Allah, and did not ask, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adhaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله